What is up, Nerds Nation? Welcome to the FN Nerds Podcast, episode 13. Thank you guys for joining us. My name is Nick Denizio, and saying across from me is my dude, Martin Moreno. Yep, teenagers now. Teen- <laughs> That's teenagers right, we're teenagers now. now. Yeah. Getting one <laughs> step closer to legalization. None of that preteen shit. Nope. Today we have another epic episode for you guys, but before we get started... If you guys are watching on YouTube, please make sure you give us a thumbs up and click that subscribe button. And if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else, please check back each week as we try to upload new content for you guys to listen to. All right, man, you ready? Ready. Ready. Here we go. We're going to kick it off with a bang. Packaging for an upcoming Godzilla vs. Kong toy line has given us our first look at the epic monster mashup. The two titans are seen squaring off atop what appears to be a helicarrier type of vessel, along with a noticeable military aircrafts and a number of flying missiles. While the marketing for Godzilla, Skull Island, and King of the Monsters began early, nothing has been revealed for the crossover, making this image that much more exciting. Godzilla vs. Kong is scheduled to kick off next year's summer movie season on May 21st, 2021. All right, man. Give me your Excited. thoughts. I'm so <laughs> pumped. We're finally getting something like you said. Uh, we haven't gotten anything, which is crazy because for the other movies, we got stuff like almost a year in advance. Yeah, we could thank the fucking coronavirus for throwing true. everything off. <laughs> coronavirus! Very true. I mean, uh, Grant, yes, you're right. There's a whole bunch of shit going on in the world. Um, but this is exciting. This is awesome. <laughs> fucking toys just love leaking shit. Uh, and I love that we kind of now have an idea, like it was kind of specified in um, Squirrel Island of how Kong was still growing. Right. Now he's pretty much almost, if this is, you know, to be taken seriously, like this is true, which we assume it is, um, they're essentially the same size now. Right. Which is really cool. Right. And if you look, it does look like a helicarrier or some sort of like airport or something. There's like a kind of like a watchtower in the background. Well, I, f- I feel I feel like it's it's definitely some kind of helicarrier. At least it's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell from the packaging, but it was funny because I saw people commenting on it, and they're like, "How in the hell can this helicarrier hold all their weight?" Exactly. I mean, <laughs> movie because, logic. Because we know we know Godzilla takes his bulking season very seriously. Oh yeah. And and Kong definitely put on some size as well. So that's 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 a lot of heft to hold on a to. Lot, you it's know? very beefy. It's very beefy. Like I like to say. <laughs> but like I was saying, there's like a little bit of like a watchtower in the background in the background, which kind of. Um, looks in terms of scale looks like about to kind of coming up to like his knee which is pretty much where godzilla size has been in the past couple of movies right. so this is awesome it's exciting to see and um and i'm just happy that we finally got something and i can't i can't wait for I that trailer that trailer is going to blow my mind i love this cast yep. i gave it another look um today and i know alex Skarsgård, who i'm a huge fan of i really like him a lot not just because of true blood but everything else he's been in He's a Gonzalez, like you know, my mm-hmm. future absolutely. Um, <laughs> and Julian Dennison too, which I totally forgot was in it. He was in Deadpool. That's he was right. in uh, Humphrey Willer people. So and then Millie Bobby Brown's returning. The returning cast like Child, Can- uh, not Child, uh, Kyle Chandler, Kyle Chandler, and Chandler right. Brown. Um, is Vera Farmiga coming back? That's one thing I didn't see. No, I don't think so. No. Um, well, I mean, you remember how King of the Monsters? Ended. Oh, that's right. She died. I forgot. <laughs> I totally forgot. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I totally forgot. <laughs> Holy shit! I think I put a lot of that movie out of my mind. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I totally forgot it. Like yeah. I really did. Long live the king. Yeah, and I'm like, I think it's just awesome because this just teases what we all hope the movie is—just these two titans completely squaring off and mm-hmm. fighting. 
Uh, it looks like that it could maybe be one of the first battles they get into. I'm, I'm like, you know, the speculation runs rampant in your head as to what's going on, why they're on this helicarrier. Maybe it's like this, is how, this is how Kong gets back mm -hmm. to the States and Godzilla intercepts it and they just get into like their first Maybe gets first Maybe fight. like actual Kong style gets captured to be taken back. Right. And Godzilla's like, no, 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 no. You got to put him back. You know, we can't have him be, be in the city. So he and, intercepts and, and there's some kind of conflict that happens oh between the God, two. God, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's it just so it just it's it's one of those two where, you know, you're just you're just so fucking amped up. Like I I can't wait for this. Like you said, man, I can't wait for the first trailer. I want to see some footage of this. I want to see what just like the look and what the feel's going to be and Yeah, because Adam Wingard is a interesting choice. Um I wasn't uh your next was a little bit more serious uh in terms of a movie. Mm -hmm. Um The Guest, which I don't think you saw. Was, I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, that they had like there were moments in the movie which were a little like campy. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, which I don't know where I don't know if it was intentional or, or what. And then um, Death Note, which I haven't seen, but heard oh, nothing cool. but bad Not things yet. about it. So It's we'll also see. a Netflix movie, so maybe that's there maybe you go. we can attribute we'll to that. We'll get more into that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, there's one thing that are – who are you rooting for? Oh, man, this is so tough. This is so tough because I was thinking about this too. I think when I was a little kid, I always uh, – you know, I watched all those Godzilla movies, mm -hmm. and I think he was always like my favorite. And because like they did make a Godzilla versus Kong like movie, and you know it's in typical, well, yeah, it was a yeah, the old school fashion. But <sighs> I mean, you got to think, you got to think Godzilla has this man, and on all the all the no, shit no, no, that no, we've no. shown. Who are you rooting for? Who like are you going to go into this movie wearing what jersey? Godzilla jersey or King Kong jersey? I know what jersey I'm wearing. I know that for yeah. a fact. I probably got to go with Godzilla on this one. Me too. Yeah, too. I think definitely I go going in with the Godzilla. But I'm, but I'm not liking it. I don't like it. Why you you want? Because so you're I like, like both. I want them both to team up and oh you know handle shit. Yeah, I'm excited for both too. But I'm definitely rooting for Godzilla. That's like that's that's who I'm putting my money on. Yeah. All right, we're gonna move on to some really sad news. Uh, movie theaters have been closed, and looks like they're gonna be remaining closed. Uh, Disney analysts suggest that movie theaters could be closed until mid 2021. Cohen analyst Doug Krutz said the following, we don't expect film releases in the fiscal year 2020 and now expect domestic theaters to be largely closed until mid-2021, in part because we don't think studios will be interested in releasing their largest movies in a capacity-constrained footprint. Shortly after this news dropped, rumors started swirling that the latest James Bond film, No Time to Die, which was originally pushed from April to November, will now be delayed until summer 2021. <sighs> Incredibles. <laughs> Incredible. Like, see it when we is, see it. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of this shit, man. I'm so sick of this shit. It's gonna, yeah. Especially since like we were watching La La Land and they were just like teasing us with movie theaters oh, and my concerts God. That movie is like already a little depressing to begin with, um, just because the way it ends, the way it ends, and yeah. everything, and, and with just, everything going on, I'm like, I miss concerts. I miss um, movie theaters. Incredibles. Yeah. We'll see it when we see it. We'll see it when we see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know what this is too, like, and you you might be able to like agree with this because there's been a lot of talk about how, you know, are movie theaters dying? Are they going out? Is this it for them? And you know, just from us who love going to the theaters and hopefully anybody that's watching that loves going to theaters, there's something just like magical and inspirational and like when you when you see a movie in a theater and you and you come out of it and you just feel like inspired and rejuvenated and excited and it's an escape it's it's an escape for sure and there's there's i mean like for us the you know cinema lovers there there's nothing like it there's no feeling that can describe it so not having this for 
like since March and the fact that we might not have this until 2021. And then I'm seeing shit too where it's like, you know, overseas theaters are starting to open up mm-hmm. and there's a good chance they're going to get tenant and we're going to be the last country to see tenant. <laughs> well, it's like the shoes on the other foot now. What is that English expression about shoes and feet? Looks like the shoes on the other foot. Yeah, just thinking that. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Well, I mean, if, if you look at uh, the way Marvel kind of does their release mm-hmm. patterns, I mean, usually um, there's been instances where Marvel films have opened up overseas first. That's true. And then like a, but a week, not, a like, week but later. But a couple of days right. like, earlier. Like, yeah. yeah, so like, uh, you know, at most a week, you know. But yeah. for, for this, we don't know when the hell we're going to get, you know, Tenant. We don't, you know, and if this rings true, if, if they're not going to open movie theaters until 2021, that fucking sucks, man. It does suck. That blows. Yeah, I do. I miss it too, man. I miss everything. I miss... The excitement of leaving work or wherever, just on there, going on like on my way there, getting ready to see it. I miss standing in the line to get all snacks. my snacks. I miss juggling all the million snacks to the seat. I miss like the awkward sliding through the seat with the fear that someone's gonna stick their finger in my ass, you know, like as I'm like going through there. And then like and then the sitting down and you're just like overwhelmed, like, okay, I gotta put my cup down, get right. turn my bag off, get turn my phone off. I miss it all, I really do. And um and yeah, like you said, it's an escape. It's just the moment, like that's the beauty of movies. You're just kind of turning your brain off. You're escaping into another world. And uh, the fact that we're probably not going to get it anytime soon, just, it kills. Yeah, it, it, it definitely kills. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we can uh, we can look on to the bright side of some stuff, I guess. Uh, while some movies are getting delayed, some are starting to resume production. Reshoots for Denis Villeneuve's highly anticipated Dune are happening soon, thanks to an Instagram post from Rebecca Ferguson. The Swedish, the Swedish actress took to social media to share a photo of some Dune artwork and captioned it, heading back to Budapest soonish for some additional reshoots. She also shared a photo of herself handling a massive sniper and captioned it, but before that, more training for MI7, which has yet to get back underway after being shut down earlier this year due to the coronavirus. Do you by any chance know if the film would have been completed by now? Had it not been shut down? Because it started like very early on. For what, MI7 or Dune? Yeah, MI7. MI7 probably would have been on to MI8 at this point since they're shooting both movies back to back. back to back, right? Yeah, yeah. I, w- I would assume it would have been done. I mean, you never know, especially with these bigger movies and like how much, you know, if they need additional photography and right. how long it takes to shoot some of those set pieces, especially Mission Impossible since they do like everything. Everything is practical in cameras they can. Yeah, and, and loca- location, too, location yeah. jumping. Absolutely. Uh, these Mission Impossible women, bro, just taking to the yeah, taking to the social media and just um, fucking shit up. Yeah, she looks like I love Rebecca Ferguson. Uh, like I said before, she kind of blew up, and for me, like she kind of I got really familiar with her through Rogue Nation. Uh, she's been great in almost everything I've seen her yeah. since then. And uh, and yeah, I'm excited. Like, good for her to I guess take the time in between. Take the time during this pause of, of of the Mission Impossible production to maybe you know like train a little bit more. So that just goes to you know like her mindset to take it upon herself to train a little bit more with the weapons. Haley Atwell's mindset to like take it upon herself to like really, really work out. Just goes to show how dedicated these actors these actresses are and these actors are, and uh, and you know good for them. And I'm excited. I'm also excited about Dune too. Can't fucking wait for that. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point we can expect it to get delayed. Most it, likely. It, has, it hasn't happened yet, especially like if this year is just going to get completely shut down when it comes to theatrical releases and they're really just going to shuffle everything to 2021 and beyond. So my thoughts are is that, you know, for and, and you know, for as bad as things might be and as much as it sucks that we're not going to get these movies, I think the hope is that 
and I think we've talked about this a little bit before, is you now have the time to just keep making your movies better and better and better. You can mm -hmm. write more. You can do more additional photography when you get the opportunity polish to. Polish shit if you're in post-production. Polish, post polish it up. You know, if you're looking at things and you're like, well, the writing's kind of lacking in this part here. Let's rewrite this and reshoot it. Mm -hmm. So you now have this time. So especially for a movie like Doom because of the, just the, the way the story is told and the massive special effects and just like everything that, about that movie – you know, Even though it's going to be a little bit more grounded, we still assume there's going to be a lot of effects in it. Right, right, yeah. 100%. But just like, especially for, for Denis and like how he does his movies, it's it's the more time, the better. Yeah. The more time, the better that he gets to spend on it. So I think it's it's only going to improve what we were already going to get with Dune. Yeah, I just feel like as an artist, you take, um, you always see it as it could be better. Yes. It could be better. So. I'm sure even with this extra time, when it's all said, another probably still gonna be like, oh, we probably still gonna <laughs> right, yeah. be better. But uh, but yeah, I love Denis Villeneuve. Um, to me, he was a director of the decade, this past decade. He the guy just put out work like every other year. Yeah, and I enjoyed everything he put out. I'm always going to be excited um, for the foreseeable future until he kind of uh, proves me otherwise. I'm always going to be excited for what he does next. This movie to me just looks incredible. I cannot wait for this film. This is like definitely was one of my top uh, five anticipated movies of the year. Everything I've seen from it, I know people have their complaints, whatever. Everything I personally have seen from it, like I like, I'm so excited. It looks great. My my expectations for this film just keep going up yeah. and up and up. And the fact that, like you said, good news that they're going to be able to go back and um, do some reshoots is a little reassuring considering mm -hmm. everything that's going on. Right. And this thing too is they could take their time with these reshoots because if they're not going to have this December release date, which is, most likely is not going, which to is not yeah. going, it's not going to hold at all. But you now have the time to really take your time on these reshoots and not rush. Because and I'm sure they, um, <laughs> me to cut you off. Yeah, but I'm sure they. Uh, <laughs> if anyone knows where it's going to be delayed, it's probably them. Yeah. So if they do have already a sort of idea that's most likely going to be delayed. Then yeah, like you said, now we like, hey, maybe what we wanted to do that we didn't have the time to do it, now maybe we can kind of go back yeah. and rethink a few things. And I would think at this point, they've already been told the movie's going to be delayed, it just yeah. hasn't been made public yet, you mm -hmm. know, so they can properly plan and prep and all that good because stuff. Because you know they care about what just you and I think. Yes. No one else. It's just only on us. Yeah, it's so only like, on us. They're like, we can't release it just yet because Martin and Nick are going to be upset, so right. we have to just hold on a little bit. <laughs> Bro, he's our best friend. He is our best friend. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. So keeping in line with movies that are restarting production, uh, set photos for Jurassic World Dominion have surfaced after the film recently resumed production in the UK. The photos showed what looks to be a crash scene with a plane stuck in the snow in an Arctic environment. Actor Jeff Goldblum also recently said that he is returning to set with a 109-page list of safety rules indicating that a series of protocols are being taken during the restart of production. And he also says something really fun, which I have here. I can just, <laughs> I can just picture him saying it. <laughs> what did he say? I wish I can do a Jeff Gomu impression nation, but he's like, um, we know it's a risky time, but we feel it's good. Uh, yeah, Sam Neill. There's uh, <laughs> Sam Neill there and Laura Dern and Chris Pratt and Bryce Ellis Howard. Uh, Colin Trevorrow's directing, and there are going to be some dinosaurs. <laughs> like, I can just pick yeah, up saying just, all of it, and it's, uh, it's so amazing. I love Jeff Goldblum. Which that just reminds me, I still we still need to finish his, uh, his show on Disney+, Plus, The World According to Jeff Goldblum, I think Ooh, it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So good. Fantastic show. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, th this is definitely exciting. And I think it's also, 
it's cool that it's been reassured to us that the original actors are in the movie. It's not like they're coming in for glorified cameos, It's kind of like, like what they did with Jeff Goldblum in Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, he was in it for what, like he 10 was, seconds He was total. all over the trailer and he was literally in it for like a minute in the beginning and a minute at the very end and that was it. And it was the same scene. So he was literally, he probably shot yeah. for like a day. Yeah, not, yeah. But, but, this is, but this is definitely exciting. They are in the movie. They're going to be integrated into the plot. So I can't wait to see how that like, because we don't know what the story is yet and mm -hmm. how everyone kind of factors in, but I can't wait. Oh, fuck. I love dinosaurs. I love Jurassic Park. It's one of my favorite films of all time. Definitely in my top five. Uh, and to, to know that all these, that Dr. Ian Malcolm, Ellie Sadler, Dr. Alan Grant, that they're coming back for this, is so exciting, like you said, that they're going to have sort of significant roles. And um, and I'm so excited. And it's like I think the only thing that makes me more excited about them returning, and ooh, dinosaurs <laughs> is like the fact that now we're that just like Mission Impossible, not just like Mission Impossible, just like Dune, mm -hmm. and now this, we're starting to get a little bit of reassurance that you know productions are now kind, kind of, of coming back, coming back, right? Well, and they even said too, uh, Jeff Goldblum kind of went into more detail about what kind of protocols they are taking, mm -hmm. and he basically alluded to the fact that they are shooting inside almost like a giant bubble. Yeah, it's almost like a like a quarantine bubble, basically. pretty much how like sports are right now. Yeah, yeah so it's almost like was... they've they've been able to take a couple sets and just enclose them, and it's just like anybody. Well, that's what the set photo was like. It was literally like a. It was almost like a well, it was open, but it was just like a like a circle, okay, like a ring, and it had like a, a small set piece in in the middle, which right. was the plane in, in the snow, which is also fun too. Like, why are they in the snow? Right. Why so, are they in so, Antarctica? What's so going on? Does this or does this just take place during the winter? And there was uh, and there's somewhere. It looked in... like the, it looked like the plane was in ice. Okay. Yeah, just ice. Uh, so maybe oh my god, we're we gonna get some white. Dinosaurs? That's kind of cool, man, because we've never had a Jurassic Park movie set in no. like and you know you know me, like bro. I love my nature. Right, I love my nature. So I'm all about uh, some the thing vibes with like monsters in the snow. Right. I'm all about it. Um, besides the Indoraptor, the only time we really got like a white dinosaur was the uh, the lead raptor in Jurassic Park Three. Mm -hmm. So I'm all about you know having different colored dinosaurs, so we can get some like sort of white dinos camouflaging with the snow, shit like that. Right. Oh, I'm all about it. Well, I also think it. it's it's smart too because you know at this point, especially when you've reached the sixth movie in the franchise, mm -hmm. um, it can get stale. It can get stale, and like audiences could be bored by seeing the same thing over and over again, which is why I think what happened to Fallen Kingdom a little bit because it's like, oh, they're on the island, and they're, there's uh, you know uh, dinosaurs running around. And it's the same shit I've seen for the last four movies. You but know? you didn't see them get auctioned. <laughs> I didn't see them get auctioned. Oh, and Indominus Rex. I, I think I just said Indoraptor, not Indoraptor. The Indoraptor was dark red. Mm -hmm. The Indominus Rex was like white. Yeah, she's like, why is it white? It's like. But yeah, it's like you said, they made it white for a reason because kids wanted to see something different. Right. And I always loved, um, even though I didn't like the the last one, I, I always loved kind of what the talk going into the whole new franchise of of the, of just that, of having the idea of a kid leaning up against a T-Rex like uh, case or whatever. Like, yeah, it's almost like the, the, the cage, like, display. Like, like the enclosure, yeah. Yeah, like leaning up against a T-Rex display with like a phone in his hand because that's just how kids are nowadays. Like right. that whole notion, like, yeah, like let's bring something new to it. And they did that with Jurassic World for the most part. Like we now finally got to see the park operational and functioning. Right. Yes, the dinosaur broke out and same thing happened. But still, people getting eaten. Um, and then, yeah, we kind of 
which right i think we kind of went a little bit backwards upon kingdom which was um disappointing but yeah and it looks like we're getting at least something new here in regards to like the snow and the environment and the setting so like so yeah yeah i mean uh, it's the, exciting the, the way the way i see it is, is i kind of hope this whole thing takes place in the snow just to give it a completely different feel because that would change the whole that feeling would be of the crazy, movie you know actually. what i mean imagine, yeah because you know how like dinosaurs are now roaming uh like are essentially it's now literally a jurassic world right maybe they have to go to the snow that's the safe haven right for, or for whatever reason like their journey takes them to you know this cold location and they have to do yeah something about the whole movie i don't know about that but maybe like a nice chunk Right. Uh, maybe like an act or a, a nice portion of the movie that would probably be nice just, that, just give it a different setting yeah I know? think that that would be kind of cool if you made it more of like a globe trotting type of movie where they're going from you know location to location to whatever you know whatever the adventure brings them as to why they have to go to these different places but yeah. you know that's that's like the fun of it that's the fun of uh, of speculating and where this could possibly go but the fact that we are at least going to get some sort of sequence in the snow I think is pretty exciting where they make genres like I said a thing so I don't know where they're like faster and then and just like and then this one oh my god can you imagine the thing disguising himself as a fucking raptor oh my god that would be incredible it would be kind of wild that'd be awesome i need that now i need it get on it contravar i know you're listening all right man we're gonna stay on the subject of movies that are starting production so <laughs> oh boy Oh, boy. You know how I feel about this next one. Well, yeah, I'm a little in the same boat with you just because of everything that's happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here we go. After years of production trouble, Uncharted is finally getting underway. Tom Holland took to social media to share an onset photo of his chair titled Nate, along with a caption, Day One Uncharted. The movie, based off the popular Naughty Dog video game, is starring Tom Holland as a younger Nathan Drake alongside Mark Wahlberg and Antonio Banderas and is set to be released sometime next year. And then keeping on the subject of Tom Holland, he also revealed that production of Spider-Man 3 is scheduled to start shooting sometime this fall and will be completed by February 2021 in order to meet its new release date of November 5th, 2021. So let's uh, let's talk Uncharted before we jump to Spider-Man 3. You know how I feel about this. Mm -hmm. I absolutely adore the Uncharted franchise. It's probably my favorite game franchise out there. How many are there? There's four. Uh, there's no, four? no. So there's four main games. They did uh, a spinoff, Lost Legacy. So that's five. And then they did when um, the PlayStation Portable was a thing. PSP? Or, or the Vita. Is it the PSP or the I think it was the PSP. It has to be the Vita because the PSP was a while back. But I'm pretty sure that, that... So they made Uncharted Game 4, either the Vita or the PSP. I don't remember which one. But yeah, it's 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 a it's like I said, one of my favorite game series, and I don't know how I feel about this project. I am absolutely fine with Tom Holland being casted as young Nathan Drake because there are times during the video game series where you play as a younger Nate, and Tom Holland kind of looks like him, and I feel like Tom Holland can capture that charm in terms of like if he was ever to stay in the role and play like an older Nate, I actually don't see it. I don't see Tom Holland growing up to become the Nate that you play in the video game. But I think it, as long as he can capture the spirit and essence of Nathan Drake, I think he'll be fine. My biggest issue is the casting of Sully, which is Mark Wahlberg. Now, the reason why Mark Wahlberg, I think, is, is in this movie is because way back in 2010, David O. Russell was attached to direct Uncharted with Mark Wahlberg what? starring as Nathan Drake. David O. Russell, that's an interesting yeah. choice. Yeah, and apparently, well, because the idea was that because David O. Russell's movies largely revolve around dysfunctional families, mm -hmm. and Nate is somewhat of an orphan, and 
Sully's kind of like his surrogate father. He's like his father figure almost. So they have butted heads in the past and it's like they, but you know, they have a mutual respect for one another. So the idea is that they can capture that sort of like essence and David o. Russell, I think could have brought a lot of quality to that. Mm-hmm. But the project obviously fell apart. Um, and then Mark Wahlberg, uh, well, <laughs> multiple times. And then Mark Wahlberg, I guess, had was still linked to the project for some reason. And now he's playing Sully, which he looks nothing like Sully. He talks nothing like Sully. I don't think he can act anything like Sully. He's not going to look good in that Sully mustache. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see him in this. And that's kind of where my biggest. you picture Mark Wahlberg as like an older Nathan Drake? He definitely has more of the look. I don't know if he can have like that spirit and that charm that Nathan Drake has. What? Gotcha. So they actually did an Uncharted fan film. I think I told you about this. They did a fan film with Nathan Fillion as as uh, Fillion. Fillion. Nathan Fillion mm-hmm. as Nate, mm-hmm. and people have fan casted him as Nate for years. Um, he does. He does have somewhat of Nate's look, but where he really captures it is in his like because Nate's a smart ass and a wise ass, and you know he's always cracking jokes. And he fills that like role like to the T. And like gotcha. the, the 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 fan film is really good. They have um guy from Avatar who plays the villain. Sam Worthington? No. Oh, you mean oh the guy who the, Yeah, he was uh, in Don't Breathe Lang and, uh Ty- Lang. Oh Stephen Lang. Lang. Stephen Lang. So yeah. they have Stephen Lang as Sully, which is an interesting choice, but he actually fits it well, you know, because Sully's kind of a he's he's um you know, he's older. He, uh, he's, he chomps on cigars all the time, and when they have Stephen Lang, when he comes in, he's doing that exact same thing, and it actually works really well. I've never played a game. I don't know anything about it, but for some reason, I'm picturing Sam Elliott. Dude, Sam Elliott would be great. I think Sam <laughs> Elliott would be fun. You're saying it's someone older. You're saying a mustache. I'm yes. just picturing Sam Elliott for some reason. Right, right. Actually, you know what's funny, too, is uh, Tom Hanks in Sully looks like Sully. <laughs> so Tom Hanks possibly, too? Tom Hanks would have been a good pick. I think he would have been a there really good pick. Yeah, and but just just the the fact that this movie has just been in production hell for so many years, and it's had so many different directors, I just I, it, it it's hard to get behind it. It's hard to get behind it and have confidence in it. I was actually really on board when Dan uh, Dan Trottenberg Trottenberg who did Trachtenberg Trachtenberg the uh, one who did, who did Cloverfield. Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. He was attached at one point as director, and I was all for and that. He did, what what episode did he do? He did he did, he did the boys. He right? did the pilot of the boys. Yeah, he did the first awesome, episode, right. which was really awesome. And mm-hmm. he I had seen interviews with him when he was still on board to direct it, and he said how much of a fan he was of the games because I think he himself said he is a gamer and he has played all the games. So the fact that he brought that knowledge with him into kind His of story is also really cool too of how he it's just one of those stories of how you put something out there right picked up by the right people and then boom and the next thing you know, know you're working with Abrams on, on a Cloverfield movie yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 but I was I was on board with Uncharted when he was on board to direct and when he left that was such a big bummer and how yeah. many directors has he even gone through at this point because uh, I, I mean like I said I'm not familiar it's, it's, with the project clo- I think but it's, it's close to I think it's I want to say it's close to 10 they've had yeah. just come in and out like it's it's yeah it's wild it's like this and like The Crow also just constantly just going back and forth recycling uh, I don't think The Crow's ever happening at this point though yeah but uh, but yeah, also the fact that it's a comic book movie, it's never like a video game movie. A video, I'm sorry, video game, not comic book movie. Yeah. But yeah, video game movie, they just haven't really had much luck in um, like ever. I don't believe. Uh, so yeah, this is all you. Yeah. So uh, I guess I do love Antonio Banderas though, which I think he's playing the villain, which is a fantastic mm-hmm. pick for for the villain. Uh, so hopefully, Antonio Banderas is one of my favorite actors. If you have not seen Planet Glory, definitely go check it out. It's a fantastic film. Um, but I know. I mean, I know sure. it's well, it's it's hard because Uncharted is is like Indiana Jones mm-hmm. or Tomb Raider in the sense that it's this big 
you know, um, you know, globe trotting kind of film where they're chasing after some sort of buried treasure. So that in of itself just makes for, you know, like a fun movie. But like I said, with the the team that's behind this, I just it's it's hard to have confidence in it, which is, Wait, which so is a do, shame. Who's the director again? Ruben Ruben Fletcher. Oh, the guy who did Venom and shit. Yeah, oh. and Zombieland, and and he literally kind of came in at the eleventh hour to 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 jump on. I mean, a project. he's not a bad director. No, but... he's, I don't think he's a bad director, but you know, I, I guess this could, this could also go against the whole thing of what we said before is that maybe with the time. They had they actually had more prep time and they were able to maybe improve some things and you know plan better uh, on top of the ten years on top of the ten years <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so we'll see but jumping on to Tom Holland's other massive project uh, Spider Man three small film indie film no one's yeah, ever, yeah, yeah. no one's really heard of so the I think the scheduling for this is interesting because. You know, that means Uncharted is not going to take that long to shoot, which is weird to me considering of, you know, that's a very set piece oriented type of film. Same thing with Spider-Man 3. The fact that they think that they're going to be able to shoot this fall and have it re- and have it done in February and then ready for November seems kind of weird to me. Yeah, but just to play devil ab- devil's advocate, um, I feel like movie productions now are just getting so much faster because a lot of shit is just done in studios nowadays. Right. Um, like we were talking about Jurassic World. That's only a hundred day shoot. Yeah, which is only like what just over three months, mm-hmm. just around the three month mark. So, I think it's I think it's totally possible. I think it's doable. Uh, te- technology and CG nowadays is crazy. And what, I get and I, do. and I guess with Spider Man, it's you have a lot of very heavy CG sequences. Yeah, where, like where where it's literally all CG. Everything like, CG. Like no no Spider-Man. actors. It's crazy. No all you had just a couple templates to get a uh, terms of like a uh, location and shit where stuff is to get like reference points. Other than that, it's all green screen. Right. All, all these MCU movies are all shot in studios anyway. So, um, so yeah, I think it's totally doable, and um, I'm excited to get some information on what Spider-Man Three is going to be because that cliffhanger, man, it's crazy. We oh, still yeah. don't really know who the main villain is. Right. We don't know anything about it. So, uh, so yeah, wait and see. All right, we're gonna jump into some casting news, some DC casting news. Let's see how I butcher this fucking name. <laughs> Centennial, uh, I believe. Centennial? Okay, thank I you, man. So, yeah. Noah Centennial has been cast in DC's upcoming Black Adam film starring Dwayne Johnson. The former Disney actor is set to play Adam Smasher, a protagonist in the DC universe who has the ability to manipulate his mon- his molecular structure in order to grow in size and increase his strength, stamina, speed, and durability. The film is scheduled to come out next December and is being directed by John Collette Sarah, who is known for The Shallows and Orphan, and has a familiarity with Dwayne Johnson after collaborating with him on Disney's live-action version of Jungle Cruise, which still also does not have a release date. True. Yeah. True. Oh, it doesn't have a release date or got delayed? Well, it got delayed. It got delayed. It was coming out in the summer. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah, this this is interesting. I find this news to be interesting on a couple points. Mm-hmm. Um, for starters, I do love The Rock, but you know me. I love, I do love The Rock. I love Dwayne Johnson. Um, the guy's charismatic. He's just, you, like, you can't help but to love the guy. Mm-hmm. However, he has kind of become like a brand at this point. Right. And him, I feel like some of the times he's just being a showman for said brand. Yes. Which also is kind of just like natural to him, given his like background in, in wrestling and everything. He's always kind of been like sort of showman. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so I feel like sometimes I just I find it hard to buy him. Uh, I don't really know when he's being genuine or not because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times he's just selling shit. Right. Uh, uh, and even when it comes to like his movies, he like if there's like a smallest announcement. 
He'll post it on his Instagram and have like a five paragraph caption talking <laughs> about how like what amazing choice, whether it's a visionary director or an amazing actor or actress, whatever. Uh, he didn't really say anything for this, which is well, I think he did, but it's just the fact that like Black Adam's been in development for so long, mm-hmm. and then when news drops for Black Adam, it's just so few and far between. You know what I mean? So it's like because I remember when. Um, the director got announced and he did do a post on it and talked the about it and, and all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he did do a post for this. Yes. Maybe I just missed it. Okay. Yeah. But, right. but, the, but this was like, I mean, the, you know, he's been attached to this project for a while. I think this was like when they were when they were still, even when they were still filming Jungle Cruise. But didn't Noah Centennial just get cast? Well, he did. I'm talking about the Dwayne Johnson doing a post for the director. Not for, yeah, I'm talking about for Noah. Oh, I have no idea. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I have no yeah. idea. Because like you say, yeah, so he normally does that. So for this, I'm not sure. F- fuck, I should have checked. Um, can you check real quick? Yeah. A few moments later. A few moments later. So we're back. We just checked. He did not post anything about yes. it. Yes. Which, look, it's not the biggest thing in the world, you know, but um, just given how he normally does do that, how mm-hmm. you say he's a sell- he's a salesman. Right. And he... Because when you think about it, he's almost like a bigger outlet than some of these media. Uh, Absolutely. Concerning the fact how many people follow him and exactly. how people see his posts. How big his voice is. Yeah. So uh, the fact that he didn't really say anything or kind of promote it or just kind of – it just it feels a little strange because, like I said, he, he's done it a lot in the past. That's not the – doesn't mean anything. You know, right. it's, just, it's just something that I kind of pointed out. Uh, another thing that I find interesting about this is the age difference. I yes. believe he's like close to like around like 20 or more years he's younger young, than him. Yeah. So uh, – so for um okay I'm not too familiar with Adam Smasher I know he had a little bit of a, a brief stint in the Flash in season two, mm-hmm. which he normally played a villain. Mm-hmm. He was like a, a antagonist for the most part. From what I'm aware of him, he's a protagonist. Right. So if he is going to come in and be like sort of an ally to to Shazam, that could be fun because like like I said, we're talking about the age difference here. So if he can manipulate his size and stuff, maybe there's a like a Jekyll and Hyde aspect to it where he can kind of grow, be brooding, be intimidating mm-hmm. um, next to Black Adam. Also, the age difference can probably create some nice dynamic, create some banter or something. Well, I was going to say, too, like, it. I, I didn't even think of, of that in terms of, like, like, mo- like the movie aspect. Like, he is a younger actor, you know, and then pairing with uh, Shazam, who is also young, you know what I mean? So Yeah, so so, so so the fact that... Well, we, do we know Shazam's going to be in it? Not in Black Adam. So, which is curious, I'm getting hit that Adam Smash is getting his intro in Black Adam because I was hearing rumors that you're gonna have um, Hawkman. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah. Wait. So, okay. So, Centennial, Noah Centennial is cast as Adam Smasher for Black Adam or yes, for Shazam? for Black Adam. Right. So, um, so you're talking about for future? Talk about future for the future, yeah. right? Well, which be, could be well, fun. Well, because you don't know the age. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I know nothing about Adam Smasher. I had no idea who the character was until this until this news drops. So mm-hmm. I don't know what his what his age is supposed to be in the comics. The fact that he's older for sure. Right. So the fact that he's so young can only lead me. I believe to... he's also a scientist. I okay. Believe so, but I have to. I haven't. I'm not too familiar with him that either. Right. But, yeah. but this just leads me to believe that if he is going to be an ally to Shazam. Maybe there's a reason why they cast him so young is to have more of a relatable aspect to it. There you go, Nick. Right. See, that's why I have you here. That's uh, a good point. That's a good point. That's why we. That's why we get paid the big bucks, people. That's why we get those big checks come in. Yeah. Because we can point these things out. That's a great point. The fact that, like, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That maybe you know have him a little closer to uh to the Shazam actor's age because have some sort of relationship there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but uh, you could. Cr- like we, like we said, given the age difference, you could create some fun situations. Some you can create a fun dynamic, some banter, stuff like that. So, um, so I think it's a little bit of an interesting news. But, uh, but we 
similar to Uncharted, this movie has been in production hell forever right. for a long time. Just has not got going, which mm-hmm. you don't know if that's because of problems or if that's just because The Rock has just been has just literally had been attached to it for so long that it's just been waiting for his schedule to open up in order to do it. I think uh, I don't think it has to do anything with The Rock. I think it just has to do with a lot of stuff that was going. That's my personal assumption. I think. Uh, it fell into the whole. They got a lot of. They got ahead of themselves because mm-hmm. you, you think about like the Nightwing movie, the back, like all the stuff that got announced. Yeah, I think it just kind of fell. Um, it fell amiss of all that shit. Uh, but yeah, the movie is kind of now moving forward. We're getting some casting news, and uh, and yeah, again, wait and see. We'll see what happens. I wanted to ask you too. What's your What's your excitement level for Black Adam? Because. I've had this criticism about The Rock, and you know me. You know I love The Rock. Mm-hmm. I buy all of his shit from Under Armour. I've been a fan of him since the WWF days. WWF, not WWE, none of that bullshit. And to see him play a superhero, especially Black Adam, which he kind of looks like the character, is exciting. But my issue with him when it comes to movies is that it's the same thing we were discussing when it comes to, like, you know, Will Smith or anything, where it's 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 their movie, not the director's or the writer's. You know right. what I mean? And... Early in The Rock's career, he was being compared to Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's going to be the next Arnold Schwarzenegger. Which they even had that scene in the rundown, remember? When yes, Arnie when walks he, by him, he's yes, like, he have, fun, have fun, or good luck, or something along those lines. He, like he, says, down the he says, have fun, you know, yeah. passing the torch. Security? No, but we do have a slight problem. Have fun. Which is saying, like, hey, you're the next thing, Ben. You're the next me. Right. And, you know, you know, to be fair, The Rock has, you know, become, you know, arguably just as successful on a global level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just In with, terms of popularity, at least. In terms of popularity. When it comes to the movies, now, the thing was, Arnold definitely had his movies where it was an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. His name was always, you know, on top of the poster. But the difference is, is that Arnold did movies with directors where it was the director's movie. And I'm specifically referring to, like, James Cameron or John McTiernan with Predator and even Last Action Hero, which I think is an underrated gem. You know, he, he did. I love that movie too. And but he but Arnold did movies with directors as a collaboration. Yes, not that's the. Not, I think that's the the main word is collaboration. And that's the thing that that's missing with I think with the Rock's movies is that there's not enough of a director's presence or a director's vision. You know, to 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 be a very unique movie because with the Rock's movies, it just gets it's the same shit over and over again. He's and coming I, in here to me like. We need to do at least one people's eyebrow every ten minutes, right? And or you don't have anyone or work, saying no, or, or work in a wrestling move, or right. you know, be constantly winking at the camera. You know what I mean? And like, that's that's why I was also really disappointed in Skyscraper because I thought that was going to be something a little bit more serious and like, and but the, and, and in in a sense it was. But I think that one of my biggest issues with it is that they relied so fucking heavy on CG. And I'm sick and tired of all these action movies putting so much fucking CG in their movies, and I because it just takes me out of it. Like you know, you know, we grew up in like you know the on on 80s and 90s action movies where they didn't have CG; they had to do everything practically and in camera, and none of this fucking visual effects bullshits. And that's what's driving me nuts. Although about Although I agree this with stuff. you, although there were some moments in CG, in Skyscraper which were done well. No, I, yeah. I and I would agree, and I and, and I and that, but I wanted the movie to be more of that. I wanted to be all of that, right? You know, because they said how it was a homage to Die Hard and, and um, Towering Inferno, but like there just were these moments where it was just wait, you know, it would just come in and it was just so fucking blatant and obvious. And the same thing with Hobbs and Shaw, and I was stupid enough to think that it would have been any different. And I know it's part of this Fast and Furious franchise, which has gotten so big and over the top. They're practically superheroes now. But I was really hoping for like a little bit more of a grounded, not so CG heavy movie. 
where it was just like you know old school action with you know the rock just and mitts. Statham. yes just fucking mitts and that's that's what i've always wanted for him and he just hasn't fucking done it yet and you know now he's doing this which is obviously going to be way more cg heavy than probably anything he's ever done but i guess the hope is that the fact that it's under dc and there are and there are more people who have a say in in what it's supposed to be and it's vision and I hope, and I hope it's more of that. I hope it's not like him coming in and just saying what it should be. That's a problem, though. It's like the question is: is is he going to be collaborative? You know, if they're saying like, "Bro, we don't have time for your eyebrows wrestling moves," like, no. If if he can literally just kind of almost step back and just really work with the director, um, John Colazzera is not a rookie director by any means. He's he's been working around for a long time, and no. he's mostly done horror films. For well, the most well part, he's like thrillers. He's, he's done he's done horror films and he's done Liam Neeson action movies. Yes. So he which, knows how to handle actions, he knows how to handle darker themes, so yes. to speak. Um but for me personally, like the moments that like my favorite moment of The Rock in like the past couple of years was the moment from Fighting with My Family when he just kinda came in. He was kind of himself for a few minutes and he was just like he didn't let himself um, you had like the really fun moment, but he didn't take like it wasn't his movie. Right. It was Florence Pugh's movie. Yes. So like yes, obviously Florence Pugh has a lot much more screen time on it's it's all about her and he's only in the movie for a couple of minutes, but just that sort of um, that sort of presence on screen just don't just just work with just work with people yeah you know, like it's I understand that you're the rock and that you like the, you're it's you're the name you're not gonna sell tickets I don't think because a lot of his movies haven't been financially successful, um, but just like maybe put I don't want to say ego but maybe just kind of put it aside and just learn to like. Like you said, like Arnie, when he worked with these other directors, maybe just have that mentality a little bit more where you can kind of just collaborate a little bit more, mm-hmm. listen to other people's visions, see what they have to say, because maybe then we can really start breaking you out of that show. Right. And especially now that now that um, you have people like Walter Hamada and Jim Lee in charge of DC, the hope is that like when when Jim Lee says this is how the character is supposed to be, then that's how the character is supposed well, to be. Well, that's the hope. You know, you know? That, that that's always the hope. And, right. and I think that that's the other thing, too, that... I always wanted to see from The Rock because I think the only time that I've gotten it recently, I think was, um, and this and it's not even recently because this came out a while ago, was, was Pain and Gain. You know what I mean? With the character that he played and in terms of like, yeah. like I want to see The Rock play the character, not play The Rock. Or like we were saying like The Rundown, like or Walking Tall. Right, even, e- like, even that. Like, like the like, older movies before he really became, right. like he blew up and yes. became this sort of I, 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 would, I would even go as far as to say Fast Five. Fast Five is probably my favorite performance of him as Hobbs because I think... And and it's it's in keeping with the tone of the Fast and Furious franchise, it's just gotten more and more ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I think the character's gotten more and more of like a caricature than what it was in Fast Five. Right. You know. But I agree with you. Just like you said with Jim Lee and Walter Hamada, like we just kind of hope that it's their word, and it's not yes. like if you have a vision, you you think it should be a certain way, then stick to your guns. Right. Don't just kind of like bow down because it's The Rock yeah. saying like, no, let's do it this other way. It's right. Like. Well, and I, and I, you know, me being the optimist, I would assume that that's how it's going to go, that it's going to be a collaborative effort and that they make something good because they're also trying to keep in continuity with Shazam and they're trying to kind of make that its own little like universe. Which you can always make the argument that his sort of lighthearted family films are the ones to work better. That's very true. Yeah, and, so. and, and he was a producer on Shazam. So the fact that he's already worked with some of these people before, he's maybe he's, he's had convers- – I'm sure he's had tons of conversations with Walter Hamada and Jim Lee about this project. So the hope is that it's going to be a nice collaborative effort and we're going to get something special. Is that Thunder? I think, I think so. Oh. Yeah, me too. 
All right, Martin, now we're going to move on to our main topic of the day. All right, Nicholas. And some motherfucking Netflix news. <laughs> Mother effing. Mother effing Netflix Mother news. Mother effing Netflix news. We don't censor on here. Uh, Netflix continues to spend more money as they partner up with the Russo Brothers production company, Agabo. I, I think it's, yeah. Or AGBO. <laughs> AGBO. Uh, they team up with them for an espionage thriller titled The Gray Man based off the 2009 Mark Greeny novel. Right? Did I say that right? Mark Greeny? Sure. Mark Green. <laughs> we don't pronounce names here. The film is being directed by the Russo brothers and is set to star Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans in the title roles. It is also being written by Joe Russo, who recently wrote one of Netflix's biggest films, Extraction, as being revised by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, with whom they collaborated on all their MCU films with, including Avengers Endgame. And then in similar news, Netflix has also won a bidding battle for Sam Esmail's Leave the World Behind. The Mr. Robot creator will write and direct the film based off a novel by Ruman Alam and is set to star Denzel Washington and Julia Roberts. So let's start off with the uh, the Russo Brothers news because this is set to be Netflix's biggest movie by far. I think it has a Billions. budget. Has a budget of $200 million, which is pretty wild for when Netflix. Espionage thriller yeah. is pretty wild. Yeah. I was also reading about it too. Netflix uh, came out and said that they... They want to start making. They want to start having their own franchises. <laughs> How about you make better movies? <laughs> <laughs> but this, uh, you know, it's. I would think with this project. You know, regardless of how you feel about how Netflix has been making their movies, I uh, just also apologize for we got some Thor is. Uh, yeah, yeah, we got, some, fun we got some thunder going on. Oh wow, yeah. it is actually pouring outside right yeah. now. Jesus. So, so if you guys hear this, we uh, we do apologize. We got some thunderstorms going on, but anyway, let's. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think regardless of the fact of whether or not you think Netflix has been making good original movies, I think there's reason to get excited about this for a few reasons. One, oh, yeah. one it's the Russos. It's their first movie they've directed since Avengers Endgame. Um, I know we discussed Joe Russo's screenwriting being a little bit shaky, but the fact that Marcus and McFeely are involved in this That's kind right. of should should leave it's to be... a little be encouraging. A little encouraging that they're going to kind of steer this in the right direction. You know, and the fact that you have Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling, Ryan Gosling uh, specifically because he usually doesn't pick bad projects. He usually picks good projects. Aside from Gangster Squad. Aside from Gangster Squad. Um, But I think with this, it's kind of exciting, especially the fact that he's playing an assassin. They both are, right? Well, he's playing an assassin and Chris Evans is playing like a CIA operative that's chasing after him, which I think think they also allude to the fact that Chris Evans is, is the villain of the story. Which is kind of cool that that they're not on. That's not like you know, good know, guy, good guy chasing good guy. It's like no, Chris Evans is the villain. Ryan Gosling is the is the hero. So that's kind of exciting. Some fugitive shit, maybe or something. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yes, I echo all your sentiments. Uh, obviously, we've been a little uh, mixed on the Rooster Brothers. We still we still haven't seen Twenty One Bridges. I know, uh, but. Yeah, we didn't hear good things about it. Well, I would say anything outside of their directing has just been kind of mediocre. Right, and uh, the one of the reasons that this another reason that really excites me is because this kind of sounds in vain with uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier mm-hmm. uh, in terms of how they dealt with the how oh boy yeah. how that was kind of seen as like a sort of political espionage thriller drama ish. Uh, this kind of has those similar vibes. It kind of falls into that camp. Uh, Chris Evans obviously showing off what he can do as Captain America in terms of bringing physicality to a role. Mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling as, as well too with right. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Um, just Gangster Squad, we were talking about it. <laughs> it's, it's not great, but yeah, he or even like La La Land, which you just watched. The yeah. guy, 
The guy's probably my favorite actor. Right. Like, I'm not gonna. Uh, he, the guy's just incredible. He's amazing. He loses him. He takes over the world completely. He's done such a different. He's done like different vast roles over the last over his whole career. He's got a really nice filmography. Yeah, and uh, and he just always brings something new to it. You don't. You never really kind of uh, get trapped in the same shit over and over again. And like you said, he picks interesting projects. Yes. So. This is something that to me that despite uh despite Netflix's current record of film, despite the Rooster Brothers kind of current productions, this to me sounds exciting and um and I'm and I'm I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to to find out more news, to see a possible trailer. Uh and like you said, the big thing for me is is Christopher Mark and Stephen Feely. The mm-hmm. fact that they're coming uh on board to maybe polish some shit up and maybe yeah. bring something new to it. Uh we just Obviously, I'm also not too familiar with their work outside of the MCU, so this will also be fun to see what they could do outside of um, all those Avengers and MCU movies too. Right, and and this and and I'm I'm glad you brought up the fact that uh, this kind of looks like Winter Soldier. It has mm-hmm. like some of that some of that feel to it. You know, Winter Soldier for a good portion of the movie is a spy thriller. Yeah, you know, it is an espionage thriller. So this is not going to be completely out of the realm for the Russos or Marcus and McFeely. So the fact that they've kind of worked in this before means that they're going to be you know they should be able to knock this out of the park like i'm like i'm i'm already kind of banking on this is going to be pretty awesome and mm-hmm. it's gonna be exciting to see and then yes I, i'm also on board with you on on ryan gosling because he just has this ability to just lose himself in these roles and the cool thing about it is that you never for as big a star as he is because he's as a-list as it gets and and for his looks as well is he's able to really fall into the character where you don't see Ryan Gosling you see whatever character he's playing nope. and i 100%. think he also has this very rare ability that he can he can jump into any single genre whether it's comedy a musical romance drama you know now with the wolfman he's going to get into that horror aspect which is also exciting and and um, we've seen what he can do with darker theme movies with yes. Die, Place beyond the pines like we we know what the guy's capable of and right. um and yeah, you put him on this as uh, wait one more time. Remind me, he's playing the runaway or the chasey. He's the runaway. He's the runaway, yes. right? So yeah, I'm picturing some fugitive vibes. I'm picturing some Jason Bourne vibes. Like I'm picturing a lot of shit, yeah. and uh, and I'm excited for this. Yeah, and then going going on to, on to Chris Evans jumping into a villain role, kind of continuing on for playing a, a scumbag in Knives, <laughs> Knives Out. Out yeah. You know what I mean? So to see him kind of play, you know, because he's played Captain America for so long, and he's just been like that, you know, that goody two shoes kind of hero. So now to see him, like I think he's he wants to play. Like like more villainy stuff. I but think what he about even Lucas said it. Lee? He was a scumbag. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> going for the Oscars here. Prepare to feel the wrath of the League of Evil Axes. League of Evil Axes? You really don't know about the League? No. Oh well, hey, listen, man, don't worry about it. Really? Yeah, let's go get a beer. Let's go. Boom! <laughs> you are a pretty good actor. I'm going for the Oscar this year. But I think I think he I think he has fun with it. I think he likes no, playing totally those agree, those, yeah. those kinds of roles. So to see him take this and and I was really happy to read that it's it's a villainous role. I'm like, oh, he's going to eat this up. So I'm really excited to see him kind of jump into that as well. Me too. And and the guy's talented. Yeah. You know, and uh, and he's talked about how he wants to do other stuff. How he mo- he wants to like direct. He's talking, he's spoken about how he wants to direct. But uh, it's fun to see him take these other roles and uh and yeah, just kind of break away from that sort of MCU shadow that he's cast over himself for the past almost decade. Right. Jumping over to the other movie that Netflix just acquired, Leave the World Behind, from director Sam Esmail. Director, writer. Director, writer, writer, director Sam Esmail. I, I think just that alone, you have me on board. Oh, fuck. Because yeah. after Mr. Robot, 
and Hell, and with yes. some of the other stuff that SML has worked on, including the first season of Homecoming, which starred Julia Roberts. I am always on board with anything this guy's going to do because of how fucking great Mr. Robot was. This guy, obviously, he knows his characters. He's a he's a very talented writer. He's a really good director. So this is exciting. And the fact that it's it's Julie Roberts and Denzel who are reuniting after so many years because they started getting the Pelican brief. And apparently they're like really good friends. I think Julie Roberts, um, she got a hold of this book. The book has, I don't even know the book's come out yet. I think like a studio just acquired the rights to it. Mm-hmm. Um, she apparently sent sent it to Denzel who also loved it. So he's jumping on board with it now. So this could be, uh, this could be really exciting. Yeah. And like you said, you had me SMS mail. I love that guy. I love what he did with Mr. Robot. I still have not seen Homecoming, but I've heard some good things, especially from you. Uh, so yeah, I hate the title though. I'll be honest. The, <laughs> and again, I apologize. It is there is like a fucking hurricane going on right now. I don't yeah, know what's I happening. Know. Yeah. Some serious thunder. We got lots of rain and thunder, but and, you yeah. know, it's nice. Uh, it's nice ambiance in the background for you guys. <laughs> yeah, you can turn it off uh, so you can go to sleep. Um, but yes, uh, people on board. Obviously, Julia Roberts. It's. I mean, she's. Like she's a charm, yeah. her charming. She's we we love her. You can never go wrong, Julia Roberts. Um, and yeah, this uh, these two leads are obviously studs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Esmail, I love what he did with Mr. Robot, just just like you. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to to. Do we have a synopsis for it? Yet? So you have so you haven't read it, right? No, I have not. All right, so I'm going off of. Going off of, I think this is the novel's synopsis. So here we go. Amanda and Clay head out to a remote corner of Long Island expecting a vacation, a quiet reprieve from life in New York City, quality time with their teenage son and daughter, and a taste of the good life in a luxurious home they've rented for the week. But a late night knock on the door breaks the spell. Ruth and GH are an older couple. It's their house and they've arrived in a panic. They bring news that a sudden blackout has swept the city, but in a but in this rural area, with the TV and internet now down and no cell phone service, it's hard to know what to believe. Should Amanda and Clay trust this couple or vice versa? What happened back in New York? Is the vacation home isolated from civilization, a truly safe place for their families? Are they safe from one another? Leave the World Behind explores how our closest bonds are reshaped and unexpected new ones are forged in moments of crisis. So, so it's a little... Yeah, and then, I'm, and then I'm also reading that this kind of um, is going to include themes of race and class and like one's place in society, which is also kind of interesting. So not entirely um, something we haven't seen before, like the whole idea of like this paranoia and believing if what if what you hear is happening is actually happening because you can't you know witness it. You're just going off of you know the word of a Strangers, stranger, right? The late night knock seen that before right right the unexpected knock the some cape fear strangers a whole bunch of stuff going on yeah uh yeah this sounds um it sounds like it's gonna be more grounded which is exciting yeah and also taking place in one location as well which always it always creates um like you said paranoia anxiety all this crazy shit uh sort of isolated feeling which is also fun yeah uh so yeah man i'm excited and and like we said, if you not if you not have seen Mr. Robot, definitely check it out. It's a fantastic series, uh, and yeah, I'm Sam Esmail. Yeah, that, that had me. I was well, sold. and then also reading that synopsis, it reminds me of a specific episode in season four that takes place entirely in one location. You know which uh, one I'm talking about? The one with no sound. The one in Krista's house. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. So, so knowing that, and if you have watched Mr. Robot, you know which episode I'm talking about. You know that Esmail can do a lot in just one location, 
And actually, the one that I'm just oh, the one I just brought up too, the one with no sound when no mm-hmm. one speaks, that's also takes place in like one location for the most part. Uh, yes, and yeah. that is also like there's no one speaking, and just the way he captures that tension and, and the action, and the what's, action, what's happening on screen, going on, like the dude is just the guy's incredible. Yeah, um, obviously, I'm not you. You might not know. You might know this, not me, but has he done a movie? I don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't think he's actually done a feature film yet, which is what I've been wanting him to do. Like I know when Mr. Robot was originally pitched, it was pitched as a film, and when nobody bought it, he turned it into a series and then sold that series. Mm-hmm. You know, and looking back at it now, I don't. I don't see how Mr. Robot could have been anything but a series. Right, but, and that's season one of like, hey, trust the creator. He had a specific um, vision for it. He felt like it should have been X amount of episodes, X amount of series, and that's exactly right. what it was, and it was perfect. So yeah, I'm excited to see him kind of break away from television and step into this and this sounds like a good project for him to kind of um get his i almost like his dick wet get his uh, <laughs> feet wet and because um you know just like uh grounded thriller tension one location right. maybe like also like kind of get out vibes yeah kind of like one location also like uh almost keep your keep your um vision um contained let your creative juices flow. So yeah. Right. And I like um, how he has that familiarity with Julia Roberts and you know, mm-hmm. obviously this is gonna be his first time working with Denzel Washington, which is exciting to see them pair up and mm-hmm. what they what see kind what of, he can bring out what of kind him. of magic they can create. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And now did you mention synopsis synopsis. Synopsis. English is not my first language. <laughs> now that you mentioned the sip why can't I say this word? Synop Synopsis. Synopsis. Now that you mentioned the synopsis, <laughs> oh my god, it's so embarrassing. Okay, um, well now that you mentioned the plot, I'll just say plot. <laughs> now that you mentioned the plot, I'm excited to see who they're going to cast as like the um, the the, un- the the two like older couple. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, I for some reason mother jumped into my mind. I remember when Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer yeah. show up. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited to yeah to see who they're going to get to act opposite them and uh, and create all the madness. Right. I'm pumped. Right. Mm-hmm. Definitely excited for that one. All right, that does it for us, Nerds Nation. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. Remember to like this video and subscribe to our YouTube page. And you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else where you can see that big, beautiful FN logo. Oh, yeah, baby. That blue and orange is sexy. Yeah, let us know what jersey you're going to wear to the movie, uh, to the Godzilla vs. Kong movie. Yeah, are yeah. you going to go in with your Godzilla jersey or your Kong jersey? I yeah, wanna know. Who, do you, who do you side what, with? What stand are you going to sit in? Are you going to sit in, uh, you know, which bleachers are you going to be rocking? That's if hopefully <laughs> you're able to sit in a fucking stand if movies are open. I know, right? Uh, but yeah, just thank you all for the continued support. And yeah, that's it. Cool. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Bye.